Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hi there. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention that next week on the show, we will have wrapped up our um, discussion on the Discord. We're going to do a live voice chat. Uh, I believe this is airing on April 9th, so it would have happened tonight. (laughs) Um, After this show, we're going to wrap up our discussion with the Discord peeps that are part of our book club about the book Horror Store. And then next week on the show, we will do a brief discussion of just sort of maybe highlighting what we uh, talk about actually in that voice chat and um, giving our patrons a voice a little bit of the you know, I'll take notes and have some stuff to say about what that's like. And then also for those of you who may have been reading along, because I know I mentioned it before, um, you'll hear what we think. And so that's going to be coming to an end and we'll be picking a new book. I actually got a couple of suggestions from the patrons that have been reading along with this one. And so what we'll do is we'll just do a little vote and we'll pick the next book. So that'll be fun. Exciting. I'm I'm excited. I, I finished horror store and I loved it. That's great. Yeah. We, what we've been doing is we've been having weekly, actually Sunday late afternoon, which is what it, we're recording on a Sunday, which is what I'm going to go do after we're done is having little weekly discussions, which is actually really great. And if you have a chance to be um, a patron and involved in that, it's pretty great because I, I break up the book into chapters and then, it, you know, you have to go a little bit slower than might maybe you might want to, but it also provides, um, I don't know, a depth of discussion because you read three or four chapters and then we all discuss them and what we think is happening and how, what our thoughts and feelings are about it. And it just makes for an interesting like book read. So we've been doing that. The other thing I was going to mention is that you guys may remember that I had tickets to Bruce Camp watching Bruce Campbell um, online, co- online like live commentary for Evil Dead, and he has scheduled a live commentary for Evil Dead Two, which will, in my opinion, be even better for April twenty fourth, which is a Saturday from six to eight, which is Pacific Standard Time, I believe. And you can buy tickets and you, what you do is you watch the movie online with him. They broadcast it. So you don't have to have your own copy. And then he's like sitting in a chair off to the left and doing commentary for it. And it's a lot of fun. The other movie was a lot of fun. And I know that myself and I know of at least two other people, uh, in our, um, Patreon community who bought tickets to it. It costs money and we're going to live chat with it in, in our discord as well. So that'll be super fun. April 24th. So if you want to buy tickets to that, I'd say go for it. Should be fun. Cool. That sounds fun. And next is a little segment we like to call. Oh, you get the slow jazz version. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it. That's what we call, back in the day, there was a radio station where I grew up called Pillow Talk at uh, night. Like it would start at like, it was all like the soft, you I, know, like, I like how you get like closer to the mic and yeah. you say Pillow Talk. 
So that was sort of like <laughs> the pillow talk version. of. I love it. You've done that a couple other times. I really like the variations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to come up with several more. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Number one, the entire movie was shot in three weeks. Shannon go. <laughs> uh, alien. That's it. Uh, number two has appeared on several lists of the best horror films ever made. Hmm. Number three, this movie is either perceived as feminist or misogynistic, depending (laughs) on who you ask or what scenes you watch. Fair. Number four, when the film was screened at a festival in 2000, it had a record number of walkouts. And number five, described as an influence on torture porn. Oh, sure. I mean, I could tell you were going towards a torture porn type of movie, but I don't know the answer. And then I'll just throw this in as number six. One of Shannon's top five favorite horror films of all time. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm really confused. (laughs) I don't know. Audition. Oh, yeah, bitches. It's a doozy. Love it. Watched it recently, Did actually, you? with um, some peeps yeah, it's online. <sighs> yep. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Three weeks, huh? Three weeks. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I can totally see the misogynistic or like feminist Depending on or whatever. what you're totally. watching. Yeah. Totally. Definitely a front runner to torture porn stuff although there's nothing pornographic about it no but torture plenty Uh uh-huh and trauma gee many christmas it's definitely a mental health movie i'll tell you that um okay so i was gonna mention actually this will maybe be a little bit old news by the time this episode airs but i did want to mention i thought it was topical that um, Ronald DeFeo died, uh, who is the real life Amity horror killer. Oh yeah. He was 69. So he was a long Island man serving a life sentence for slaughtering his parents and four siblings in the 1974 crime that would inspire the Amityville horror book and franchise died March 12th, obviously a bit ago, uh, at the Albany medical center in New York. He was 69 so wow yeah. i pictured him much older because i feel like it's such an old legend well he's been in prison since 1975 yeah but those um, movies were made in the 70s uh-huh and inspired so. yeah yeah well i mean yeah they would have made he was imprisoned in 1975 and they would have made movies right away right yeah so. i guess so um he was 23 when in the early morning hours of November 13th, 1974, he shot and killed his father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., his mother, Louise, and younger siblings, Dawn, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. The bodies were found in the bedrooms of the family home in the village of Amityville, Long Island. He initially claimed, actually, that the murders were connected to organized crime, but then confessed under interrogation the day after the killings. So after, (laughs) well topical after first pleading an insanity defense he would later attempt to shift blame onto one of his deceased sisters yeah just saying sounds like a guy we used to see i was gonna say like sounds pretty typical yeah (laughs) like men men we've talked about many many times Mm -hmm. on this show (laughs) but anyway i think you had something you wanted to chat about too i wanted to ask you 
mm. about more questions for Shannon. Well, this <laughs> <laughs> this is more of a discussion piece and urban legend piece. Yes, ma'am. Um, so there is a an article called "Shadow People in Ur- Urban Legends," published in 2015 by David Wargo. Uh, yeah, David Wargo. So he starts off by just talking about the different ur- urban legends told over campfires during sleepovers. But there is one specific that I wanted to talk about that um, I have certainly experienced, and it's the reason I sleep with the TV on, okay. which I didn't always do. I fall asleep to it, and I set an alarm so I don't sleep with it all night because I actually want my brain to rest. Yeah. But now I think it's just more out of habit. But when I first started doing it, it was for this reason. Have you ever heard of the hat man? Uh-uh. Okay. We'll see, we'll see if you've ever seen him. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's see. Let me find where it is in the article here. So he talks about um, the hat man. Shadow people are silhouetted full body phantom like apparitions, which some people believe stalk or harass them. Many reports of shadow people during night hours and center on a sleeping person. One of the most common encounters with the shadow people is in the middle of the night. The typical event begins when the person upon waking sees the shadow of a person standing in the room, staring at the sleeper. Many describe the observer as wearing a fedora. Minded, I don't remember mine having that. And the person just stands there watching the waking sleeper. In many cases, the figure moves out of sight or vanishes, creating fear in the person who has awakened. While this is the basic story, there are variations. Some describe the shadowy shadow person as standing over the bed. That's what happened to me. Um, other claims this shadowy figure wakes them by repeatedly whispering in their ear. One alarming aspect of this nighttime specter is some describe the person as having glowing red eyes. Well, in some cases, this appearance is a one-time event. Many who have experienced the hat man claim he returns and stalks them. Um, so neurologists and psychologists will, psychiatrists will dismiss these nighttime encounters as waking paralysis or night terrors in which the mind wakens before the body completely does and interprets the odd physical feedback from our bodies in unexpected ways, which, of course, is entirely possible. I will tell you that I uh, experienced this about, let's see, 12, 13 years ago, I was sleeping um, and I woke up and he was at the end of my bed and he was pointing and laughing really harshly. I couldn't move my body. Um, I didn't, this was well before I had Belle. So I had my old cat. So, you know, usually dogs will actually tell you if something's going on. Um, But I remember, I I think I closed my eyes or did something and and then woke up and he was gone. I've had sleep paralysis before. I've never been this terrified nor believed that somebody was actually there. And from that day forward, I had to start uh, falling asleep with the TV on because I was so scared just to go into the dark. I'd never had that sort of situation before. This this is something that many people have experienced in different ways. I'm just wondering, have you ever experienced anything like this before? I have not. That is, that is not something I have personally experienced, but I have actually um, like cradled in my arms someone who experienced something like that, uh, waking up from you know what I would characterize as a night terror yeah, and being convinced that there had been a dark shadowy figure with red eyes. I don't remember the hat part of the description, yeah, I didn't have a hat. but um, that had been like 
hovering, more of a floating, hovering um, thing. And it was specifically in this particular case associated with anxiety, profound fear like like what was going on in that person's life at the time was around that yeah um and so you know my discussion with them about it was kind of about that and uh it didn't you know it would for for that point in time it would come around yeah um and and then i mean i don't know what's happened to it now but yeah i mean i can so I've been, heard that description before, yeah. but not just not personally. I can remove myself from the literal. Like I, I don't really think there was someone there. At least I, I really. I mean, I think it, I think it took me a while though. You were really in to it. really shake it off because it really feels. It was really I visceral. Mean, he was. <laughs> he didn't have a face yep. that I remember, but he was pointing, and his laugh was so oh. harsh and loud. Yeah, maniacal. Um, maniacal. It was something, so it's interesting to read how the brain works because many people have had this, some people actually hear him whispering or they'll see him at the end of the hall and then he disappears. So this article goes into a number of different examples, but if you have experienced it, then you understand the terror I'm talking about. And yeah, I mean, it's to this day, it's, it's no longer why I sleep with the TV on, but it's how I developed that habit. It started. Yep. (laughs) It was the gateway uh, boogeyman drug. Yeah. Cool. I love it when you share your little ghosties. My little urban ledge. Your little ghosties stories. How do you abbreviate that? The, ur- ur- the ULs, the urban ledge. Your little like doll hauntings oh, and God. ghosties. They're real. Supernatural stories. I like those. It's good. I wish we had more from our listeners, but no, no, but no, no they no, don't want to share. Can you share? I know you all have some. They don't want to share. They don't want to be, they don't want to know. We don't, they don't want us to know because I imagine they think we're going <laughs> to diagnose them with something. I, I, <laughs> then diagnose me and what I just shared. That's right. And we will, okay. because we like to do that non-ethical situation. Um, I wanted to mention in, uh, some movies. We are at the movie portion okay. of today's show. Okay. So I watched a movie called Violation and it's a 2020 movie and it's a Sundance movie that I saw at Sundance uh, this year, the virtual Sundance actually. And it is now streaming on Shudder. And as part of our Patreon community, we do watch alongs for movies um, every Thursday night at this point. And so I, I programmed this um, a couple of weeks ago for us to watch it, and I <laughs> I put a whole bunch of warnings like, don't show up, there's trigger warnings, there's this, there's that. It's kind of disturbing. And what I would say is that Violation uh, is a troubled woman on the edge of divorce, returns home to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother-in-law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. And so this movie also has time, uh, a time element to it. In other words, you're flashing back and forth between one time period and another time period. And at first you're not sure what's going on and then you realize you're going back and forth. So there's a little bit of um, chaos making. (laughs) So, it's not, it's hard to recommend this movie. Mm -hmm. Like that word, that recommend word is a little bit jarring to me for this. Cause 
what we deal with on the show and what we talk about, some some of the movies that we talk about are not movies we would want anybody to like suffer through. Right. But also they're really intensely well made. And so it's rough. So I think it's like how how experimental somebody really wants to be. Cause yeah, some of these are really disturbing. The one that I'm gonna talk about next is fucking bizarre yeah i mean a lot of the movies that honestly that we watch on thursday nights i mean slacks was an exception mm-hmm. we watched that on a thursday night in the discord but um sometimes they're fun and that's great but like the movies that shutter gets and i i try to program like at least one shutter premiere on thursday is the, you know a lot of them are gathered from festivals a lot of them are yeah. gathered from uh, newer filmmakers and such along with all of the old stuff that they have on there, which is of course a, an awesome thing too on shutter. But um, so anyway, this movie, what I would say is this, there are it, the reason why I think it is dark or d- might be disturbing to some people. I'm not personally disturbed by it, but um, is that there's a sexual assault. I feel as if, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. Sometimes sexual assault is dealt with in a way that's tolerable. Mm-hmm. And, it works, yeah. And also what happens in the film helps you process that. And that would be this movie to me, is that what ends up happening and, and how the story progresses, you process that. Right. And so... It's just I, not a like a, a provocative, out of the blue... It's not Rob Zombie. Yeah. I mean... If we're going there, like it's not, (laughs) that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm glad I went there. Um, but there is a, you know, so there's a sexual assault scene. There's a, um, a full erect penis. Actually, there's real vomit. Um, I watched the Q and a and one of the characters, uh, vomits main character. And it, I was told that it was real vomit and it really looks like it was, Mm. um, there's some practical effects that are very effective, I should say, like very realistic. And I think one of the reasons why this film might be more invasive to the creepy atmosphere part of your body is that it's, uh, very realistically portrayed. It's, the, the warnings on it are like gore. It says realistic gore. And, mm. you know, a lot of times when we're watching horror movies, it's like, oh, it's gory. We're thinking like Friday the 13th or something that just looks really, really fake. Mm-hmm. This is not that. Right. This is really realistic and the sexual assault warnings and all that. Anyway, but what I would say is that it's not a movie I'm going to rewatch, although now I've seen it twice, mm-hmm. but it's... Uh, I just thought it was well made and really well acted. The main actress is really good. Uh, but yeah, it's dark. It's 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 dark and disturbing content. But you know what? A lot of people like that. Yeah. So I will leave it at that. Elicits a lot of emotion, that's for sure. Yeah, emotion for sure. Oh, for sure. And you know, I watched I did wa- you know, like I said, we watched it in the Discord and um with Blue and Ice and Snake actually. And although we all agree, of course, that it's not something we're going to rewatch for fun on a Sunday, that it was very effective, I think, is probably a good word. So okay. anyway, go ahead. What did you watch? Um, I watched also a disturbing one. I don't know if it was the quality of the one that you watched. Gotcha. However, sometimes I like to take a deep dive into... Slop? Well, I mean, like, you know, I'll experiment with giallo or I'll experiment yeah, with for sure. foreign films. And so this is um, a French film called, it translates to Knife and Heart, and it came out in 2018. It's a horror thriller film with um, Vanessa Paradis. 
Oh, pretty. <laughs> Johnny was, Depp's ex. Well done. Oh, um, oh okay. she looks, I mean, they really make her look terrible and oh, sort of no. strung out in this film intentionally. She, well, she's, um, wow, this is a really, really bizarre film. So it takes place in 1979 in Paris. Okay. And she's a producer of a cheap, of cheap gay porn is how they describe it. So when Lois, her editor and companion leaves her, she attempts to get her back by making a more ambitious film, um, with the flamboyant Archibald. So this movie is bizarre. Not only is there, it's, there's so many things going on. There's this very 1979, uh, really hits you in the face, dirty, weird, French porn theme going on of all these like sounds fun <laughs> men that I mean it really looks like it was shot in 1979 oh, well that's effective but the story's clever in the sense that she starts to direct this film that brings this leather masked killer to the set and hmm. you find out over time who this guy by the end you find out i mean it, sometimes these these movies are made and you're like wow there was just like a lot of blood and sex and i don't really know what happened uh -huh. but the story actually attaches and so one by one the different characters of this film start to to get murdered by by the way it's a dildo with a switchblade so that's fantastic if you think of the movie seven yes it's probably something similar okay. that he uses Sorry. to, to to just annihilate them. Sorry, I just mix in my <laughs> mind. I mixed seven and a dildo with an I don't know. Yeah, it, it made me laugh. I couldn't help yeah. You. So here, <laughs> let me see if I can give you um, a synopsis, please. A young man dances in a nightclub. He spots a man wearing a leather mask and goes with him to a room to have sex. The masked man then straps him to a bed and kills him with a dildo covered as a switchblade. Okay. In the summer of 1979 in Paris, Anne, a producer uh, and director of gay pornography, is abandoned by her girlfriend and editor, Lois. Anne's best friend and actor Archibald is trying to maintain a good environment for the actors while they shoot Anne's next film. After being contacted and questioned by the police, it is revealed that the young man from the beginning Beginning, Carl had starred in many of Anne's films. Carl's death forces Anne to find another actor. She meets a younger uh, a minor named Nans, who despite being heterosexual agrees to star in her upcoming film. Anne decides to center the film on Carl's murder. And then it rolls in. Then, then this masked murder sort of starts to come around. And so the film is, I, I almost think that there's a giallo, component to it except it's flipped as far as the gay men mm. play the role of of these submissive and vulnerable women that we see in the giallo films but yeah so they flipped it it's dark it's fucking weird there are <laughs> scenes where i'm like what is going on right now but you know sometimes you take a deep dive into these really like crazy films well, some like people we that's like about. a fetish is really yeah. just deep weird deeply strange and weird horror films is like a really like a subgenre well like, if you like that check this out all right yeah <laughs> i'm just i don't know i think it's great that you watched it i don't know how much you like that kind of thing i just like to to i mean pick one like i just sometimes I like i'll to just like be like randomly. okay i i'm just gonna experiment with this because yeah. it wouldn't be something that i would 
if I was going to Blockbuster, which I'm going to talk <laughs> about that documentary in a moment. Well, me too. Yeah? That could be our buddy watch. Okay. Because right. uh, let's just move <laughs> into that. But I okay. was going to say, I, it wouldn't be something if I walked into Blockbuster that I would grab off the shelf. But because we like to get really into the meat of these yeah. different films, I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. Yeah. And I, I really do also appreciate um, like just going on to one of the streaming services, kind of looking through the recommends and just mm-hmm. l- literally just push, pushing play. Like yep. I really like finding movies that way, but yeah, let's um, let's uh, improv the uh, last blockbuster because <sighs> So you worked at Blockbuster, so you have a different... I have such a nostalgic... Like, I worked for them for five years when Viacom had, I think, already taken over. So I just want to say a couple things. Best job I've ever had. Um, I was... Including your jobs now. (laughs) Including my jobs now. If if I could make the same living, I would quit being a psychologist and go back and work for Blockbuster. Um, I have a friend of mine who we're going to have on the show... Um, probably in the next month or so, he's he has an independent horror film coming out. That's where I met him. He and I worked together at Blockbuster and, and instantaneously became such horror buds and, and friends. And he lives in Detroit still, and, and we're still really good friends. Um, he has a show called Attack on Show that you can check out. It's a lot of movie reviews and stuff. Anyway, uh, I had asked him if he had seen this because um, I will say that this company, I was going to community college at the time, and they paid for all my schooling. I had full benefits. Um, I was a, an assistant. I, I ran like three stores, one in, in, in the Detroit area and then two in LA. Man, there is nothing like a video store. And I had posted this, and you probably saw it on my Facebook. I absolutely believe we're going to re- see a resurgence of this in some way, shape, or form like we have with record stores. But Let's talk about this documentary. I, it just took me back, and I I wish it was like five hours long. So yeah, it, from a perspective of someone who did not work at Blockbuster, but who from someone which is going to be most of the audience, from someone who like spent a lot of time in Blockbuster, like we did. Yeah, I really enjoyed the documentary because it fed into that nostalgia and the documentary is a story about the last blockbuster. And how cool is, is it Sandy? Yeah. That, oh, I love her. And the woman who runs the last blockbuster, because as you guys know, blockbuster went out of business. So I have so many memories of certain times in my adult life of going to the, I used blockbuster. Like I used the um, music store. Like yep. I used Tower Records in particular because mm-hmm. I lived in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I that was my coping skills. One of my major coping skills was um, a bit of a shopping addiction, <laughs> but it was going to the music store and spending three hours in the music store and mm-hmm. buying music. And that was, I would go there and I would do that. This would be like a typical Saturday or whatever. And then I would go to Blockbuster and I would spend slightly less time, probably an hour in Blockbuster and then rent movies. And as you might imagine from my consumption habits right now, this was before streaming habits, I would rent 10 movies. Oh yeah. And because I had the same consumption rate <laughs> then that I do now. Mm-hmm. And and then I would go and get myself some food 
at whatever my favorite takeout was. And then I would go home and I would spend the whole weekend, usually on a Friday night, I would spend the whole weekend like listening to music and watching movies and eating takeout. And And that tactile experience of looking at the cover box. Well, and then when you're at home, opening the thing and putting the thing in the machine and all of that. Now, I love streaming. I love everything contemporary. This is not to say that I don't absolutely fucking love what we're doing right now. It's amazing. It's just different. I have so many memories. First of all, in the documentary, they show um, that, you know, people would get in the Dropbox and push the movies back out. (laughs) You laughed at that, huh? (laughs) So there was a day that my friend Matt and I actually, because he's like, like, it's not like we had cell phones to be able to record how funny that was. I had my my little movie camera. Camcorder, wow. It was a small one that my friend Rob and I were making an independent film on at that time. And so I had it in the store and and so I had Matt get in the box and we scared the shit out of this kid. And Amazing. This kid comes over and like drops the movie in and he just goes, bah! And the, and the movie like fly in the kid's like, ah! Um, but what I miss the most, and, and I think that this is why music stores uh, had a resurgence and I'm really hoping in some way, shape or form we can find a hybrid of, of live stream and, and rentals again is because what we miss mm. Um, and I, and you know, I'm thankful for discord and I'm thankful for having all these, these vloggers and platforms that people can exchange online, but there's something so different about people coming in on a Thursday night or Friday night and just hanging out on your counter and going, Hey, have you seen this? And Hey, go grab that. Go look at the cover box. Bring that up here. We'll talk about this film or, Hey, I'll throw it up here for a minute. There's no kids in the store and we'll watch this quick clip. And this is where I learned about like backwoods horror c-rated like blockbuster you know it it didn't have a porn section which is great it was fine but it had a lot of the Mm b-rated horror films the joe bob briggs movies the joe bob briggs movies this is where i associated all my in my head i can remember movies because of the cover boxes that tactile experience that having conversations with people the smell of popcorn and red vines and twizzlers and butterfinger and all of that i mean every time i walked into the store to work it felt like home me too i mean i didn't work there but it felt like like the people at the counter knew me the you know i miss it so much yeah i was thinking like when it does have that resurgence i think that's our retirement plan well i was thinking you and i need to buy a blockbuster video or whatever it's going to be called thinking a hybrid of some music film something shit yeah man and i've always wanted a bookstore throw that in there too because that's all i swear to you after this pandemic and and this year of isolation and people really only being able to connect online i really do think we're going to see you know history does repeat it's gonna itself. go swing the other way i think it will we're reactionary as a culture yep. anyway so i think it will um yeah i was just remembering the bookstore was the other thing i would spend hours oh, yeah hours in um used bookstores mm-hmm. independent bookstores and then also i would go to like barnes and noble yeah. or whatever was happening just the, at the smell time. of a bookstore is i just, just i would spend it made me feel so good i just it was my it was my comfort yep. it was my total comfort and um <sighs> i love and i love that kevin smith was yeah me too. our guy for this because you know he was great in that. Yeah, and just, you know, he did a whole movie on, you know, with Clerks and that whole part of the movie in, in the blockbuster. He, he gets it, you know, the guy at the video store. It's just, it is a, it is a, 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 a timestamp. Um, mm-hmm. If you lived in the 80s and 90s, this is what you did. 
Yeah. This is where you went and there's nothing like it. No, there really isn't. And I, you know, those stories I'm talking about with Blockbuster, actually, you know, the couple of times, the couple of stores I'm remembering right in this moment, I mean, obviously I was doing it as a younger too, but like, are right around the turn of the century. It's right around the end of the 90s, beginning yeah. of the 2000s. I'm remembering the store the store that I used to go to in Hollywood mm-hmm. that was near my house in mm-hmm. um, my apartment actually at the time. And um, I spent a lot of time in there. Yeah. And the Tower Records that was literally two blocks away, yeah. right in Hollywood. I spent so much time there. <laughs> I, can't I, I miss, tell you. yeah, a lot of the the um, sort of mom and pop record stores in Royal Oak, Michigan. I would spend time over there. Yeah, I just I feel like uh, I don't know what it's going to be, um, and maybe this is something that you and I need to spend some time being creative on if if we really thought about this as a venture together because it's going to have to be a hybrid of something that's still up to date. Yeah. It's not going to be the old blockbuster, but it's going to be something new, but it's going to be something that people come and hang out and, and look through things tack with the tech, that Community. tactile experience mm-hmm. and, and purchasing something physical, not a flash drive. When I literally went to Barnes and Noble like a month ago because things mm-hmm. started opening back up and I went and spent like two or three yep. hours. In I, the love blockbuster. Going, I love going. I mean, in, in the Barnes and I the love blockbuster. going into Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Because that made me happy that day. Yep. Like, it does. It, like I need to go someplace. It's not my house, yeah. and I'm going to go to the bookstore for a few hours. And it books, was music thoroughly film. enjoyable. And I bought a bunch of horror books yep. because I knew we were going to be doing. And the... I'd rather give my money to Barnes and Noble than Amazon. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. So. Sure. No, I totally understand. I mean, that's what it's come to our choices. But I do patronize what's left of our independent bookstores quite a bit. Yeah, so. that's good. And also on Amazon, you've got like Powell's and all these different like independent bookstores that you can like you literally choose from. Mm-hmm. So there's that option as well. But yeah. Oh, nostalgia. oh man. Okay, that, yeah. let's talk about a couple more horror movies to get, get, get away from this. Um, I would like to mention a movie called Nina Forever. Okay. It's a 2015. It's... I love it. It's one of like my new favorite movies now. (laughs) Suicidal Rob starts dating a colleague at the supermarket. But whenever they have sex, his dead girlfriend, Nina pops up. So let me just, (laughs) let me just describe this for you. This is awesome. Um, so it, it's it reads it's for you know it reads like a romantic comedy like an independent romantic comedy like the guy meets the you know the guy that's got suicidal ideation meets you know the, the girl in the supermarket they're gonna start some sort of you know awkward love affair it's like that right mm-hmm. like so many independent movies we've seen and then they're having sex and all of a sudden the bed becomes soaked with blood and limbs start coming out of the mattress. This is her entry point. She lives in the mattress, apparently out of the mattress, but like she's covered. This is the dead girlfriend who died in a motorcycle accident, covered in blood, like joints displaced cuts on her face. Is it a comedy? Yes. Okay. Thank God. Yes, 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 yes. Okay so fucking funny i can't but even that tell is, you that's not, now that it's a comedy i'm sure it's hilarious if they tried to make that serious but it's got be... a british sensibility to mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. it's not like laugh out loud slapstick but this woman who plays the dead girlfriend and the way she has she, sometimes she'll just like collapse like she's asleep and then other times 
the 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 girlfriend that's alive is trying to engage her in the sex because they're thinking like maybe if we embrace her as a part of our family oh, she'll so the, go away the girlfriend sees her yeah oh not yes. i thought maybe he just saw because her. she's real oh that's hilarious <laughs> i mean hypothetically yeah but yes no um and then the story takes a couple of little minor turns or what have you but my favorite part is that there's this like dead girlfriend whose limbs don't quite you know work or go together correctly and she sort of flops all over the place and every time she comes in they have to change the sheets because she covers everything in blood right and so they there's like scenes at the laundry mart <laughs> where they're trying to wash bloody sheets and i don't know i i was really um I, I really enjoyed it. And um, we, yeah, of course, watched it together with other peeps and everybody just sort of really enjoyed it. That's, so It sounds actually really fun. I would totally recommend that okay. one. Yeah. What else for you? I had one that started off pretty hopeful because it's, uh, I, I guess I've really been into the urban legends lately. Um, <laughs> and then it just fell flat. I think it had all the pieces mm. of being a really good movie, including the acting. Mm -hmm. um, but they they could have taken the story a lot further. I think they oversimplified it. So mm -hmm. um, the movie's called Child the Child or Child Eater is what uh, it's called. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so it's based on an urban legend uh, again about the boogeyman and. Um, this movie was actually a film festival. I can't remember which film. Uh, let's see. Brooklyn Horror Film Festival, I think, is where it first uh, was screened. Anyway, it's about um, a simple night of babysitting takes a horrifying turn when Helen realizes the boogeyman really is in little Lucas's closet. <laughs> so here... Okay. <laughs> Here's where it takes a, a bizarre turn. I don't think this is part of the original urban legend. Maybe mm -hmm. um, the idea. This might. This part might be that um, the the child eater. I love this statue. I'm looking online. There's a statue, and there's like this big statue where where there's this big man eating children. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> looks like a fly. And here's the thing: is he's going blind. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he believes that he, if he eats the eyes of children, mm -hmm. that he'll regain his sight. Uh -huh. But they go so far in. I don't think they needed to go this far into the film that they spent time <laughs> discussing his macular degeneration. <laughs> and I was like, like anybody really cares. It doesn't really matter why. And then they're like, well, it's a, you know, it's it's a genetic condition that somebody goes blind over time. It's like when blah, blah, movie, blah. yeah, we call that like when movies stop down and do an info dump. Yeah, it's, but yeah. in a horror film, Not, I, I mean, work. I don't care if it's cataracts. It doesn't really matter nobody, what nobody the, cares. The, the scientific reason for his blindness. <laughs> and if you really want to go there, they have many ways to stop macular degeneration now, too, if we're really going to go in the science route. So he... That it's like why yeah. spend time there, yeah. because the acting and and there's a few moments of the film that are actually quite captivating and terrifying, mm -hmm. but it just falls flat. It's like I feel like they had this really amazing concept with good actors. It was atmospheric. Where it was shot was beautiful, and then it was like this is all you did with it. It sounds like they tried to do maybe too much and not just do a straightforward horror movie. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, but. 
it's decent. I mean, it's it's not that it isn't worth a watch. It's just I felt like it had the potential of being a lot more. That's like a three out of five. Yeah. Like a, I'd know, give it that. Like give it a watch kind of deal. Yeah. That's kind of one of my, like on Letterboxd when I do my ratings, I have like the stars, I to keep it ordered so that I can look back and look at the movies I've seen because I forget a lot of them. Um the stars help me. And so if I have like a systemized way of putting the stars in there, yeah. then I know in a three for me, a three stars is like worth the watch, mm-hmm. but not necessarily going to rewatch. Don't get too excited. Like yeah. three is like, it was worth a watch, but I'm not going to rewatch it. Anything above a three, it might be a rewatch type of deal, but yeah, cool. Um, the other movie I wanted to mention was a movie called game of death that I watched recently, 2017. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It's a horror thriller. Kill or be killed in the golden rule of the game of death sucks for seven millennials who ignored that rule. (laughs) Now each one's head will explode unless they kill someone. (laughs) That's wait, wait, sorry. What year is this? Cause there's a few of these 2017. Okay. So it's your basic. We've got ourselves into some kind of hocus pocus and by playing this game or buying it or starting it or whatever, we've actually ended up in a game where all seven of us are now in the game against our will, but it's play to the death. And if we don't kill seven people, we will all have our heads explode. Gotcha. So as you can imagine, there is a lot of practical effects of heads exploding. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, this is a fun ride. But what a chore for the props department. I mean, and let me just tell you, lots of blood and guts. I I mean, I'm looking at the cover box. Because things explode. People explode. Spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Not necessarily. There are large heads that get very large and then burst, you know, like a big pimple. Wow. It was um, (laughs) not something I'm going to watch again. But for the... (laughs) But for the person who likes that sort of saw light game. That's what I was going to say. It's that trope. It's that trope, but it's light or the mat. If you can imagine like all of these people exploding being lighter, it is lighter. There's some, a little bit of humor to it. If you like that trope and you like, um, you know, seven young people doing (laughs) a thing. Yeah. With their heads exploding or trying to figure out how to survive it. And, you know, how to, and the story trying to figure out how a final guy or final girl is going to, you know, uh, who that's going to be. And there's lots of blood and guts and um, infighting, as you might imagine. And so if you like that milieu, then okay. it's, it's a thing. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the watch, but, you know, not yeah. something I'm going to, a three out of five stars. It's no slacks. It's no slacks. That's what ah, I'm going to compare everything to now. This year, favorite. Yeah. yeah, totally on my top 10 list of the year for sure. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, we really appreciate you. And this has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. 
Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.